seated. Let's get started with today's message, uh, because unfortunately there are some here today that you are going through something, <clears throat> you're carrying something, something heavy maybe. And you know, the crazy thing about it is that you're surrounded by people who love you, you're surrounded by people who care about you, and yet you still feel alone. Oh, you might be smiling on the outside to put on a facade, but inside you feel alone, you feel empty, you feel hurting, and I'm talking to you today. Um, God gave me this thought that I'm going to share with you uh, today, that I'm going to try to share with you. He gave it to me a couple weeks ago as we were singing the song that we just ended, Run to the Father. I asked him to sing it again. And there's a line in that song that just stopped me in my tracks. Um, I could not get past it. I'm one of those kind of people, kind of growing up, that I love the beat, I love the music, and sometimes I, I miss the lyric. And uh, as I've gotten older, I'm thinking, man, the lyric is the most important part of it, you know? And, um, but, but anyway, this, this particular line just grabbed my heart, and I couldn't let it go. And so God's given me a message for you today. And the, the line in that song that says, my soul needs a friend. My soul needs a friend. I don't care who you are today, if you're here in this building watching online, listening to our podcast, whether it be in a couple days or a couple weeks or a couple years. Um, if I, I don't care if you're a leader in the church. I don't care if you're a pastor in this church, a volunteer at the bridge, or maybe this is your first time coming. I don't care if you're the most popular person on this earth and you're surrounded by people, an entourage of people who can't get enough of you. Um, I, I, or if you're uh, in a huge family support system, lonely people are everywhere, are everywhere. Um, they're at work. They're in the crowded malls. They're in big birthday parties um, where everybody's happy. And, and, and they're at, listen to me very closely, they're in your home. They're even at church. Lonely people are everywhere. 61% of those surveyed in America say that they're lonely. We've got 300 and th over 330 million people in America, and some of them are, are lonely. They're lonely. 61% say they're lonely and getting lonelier. Look at your neighbor and, and give them a high five. Smile and say, my soul needs a friend. <clears throat> This gap that we have in our culture today, it's getting bigger and bigger, especially during this pandemic. In fact, the, the stat that I gave you, 61%, that's, that's before the pandemic. Uh, if you can just imagine what it might be today, um, they, they say it could possibly be the number one issue that, that people are facing today. And I'm going to tell you something. If it's the number one issue that we're facing today, the devil's all over that one. Uh, I mean, he's going he's gonna to try to distract you at the very least. And, and, and if, he's got, if it's up to him, he's going to destroy you. I don't know if everybody realizes that we do have an adversary. And he's, he's not a friendly one. He's not going to be kind to you. He's not going to give you grace. He's not going to give you mercy. He's going to destroy you. 
loneliness is not just from isolation. I think a lot of people think that. In fact, sometimes isolation, to be honest with you, is a good thing. Uh, to get away, you know, that's a little bit of what the Sabbath is about. To get away, it helps us to kind of relax. It helps us to unwind. It helps us to refocus. It helps us to rest, you know. But that's not the same thing as being lonely. There's much more to loneliness than being alone. In fact, Jesus tried many times to get off to himself to be alone. And you know why? It hopes to stay focused on what he came to do. Everybody hear me when I say that? He wanted to stay focused on what he came to do. In John chapter 6, verse 15, it says, When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, to, to do a good thing, um, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. I want to start off by saying loneliness isn't a sin. Um, it's a feeling. It's an inward emotion or a feeling that we are, listen to me, not needed, that, that we're not cared about, that, that, that we're not wanted, that we're not noticed, that's loneliness. That's what loneliness is. It's more than being alone. It's a feeling. And, and, and you can let these feelings, if you want to, you can let them drive you and drive your thoughts to the point of terrible things. I mean, you can go from something that you're just thinking to something that's physical in your body, like chronic illness, or you can get to the point where you got lack of sleep or stress or, or depression or even, even death. Every human being has three basic needs, and that's a need to love and to share that love with others, a, a need for someone to understand them, and a need to be needed, to be wanted. When any of these things are lacking in our lives, that just opens the door um, to loneliness. Here are a few things that causes loneliness, uh, and I'm going to go through them just really quick. Changes in your life can cause loneliness. Um, things like changing schools and changing jobs and changing, moving from one home to the next, uh, working from home, um, um, getting older can cause it. Um, ending a relationship can cause loneliness. Lack of meaningful connections. That's a little plug for our life groups right there. Living with a mental or, or physical uh, illness, health situation can cause loneliness. Or, or as we just talked about before, Memorial Weekend, the love, you know, loved one, somebody who, who dies that you love, that can cause loneliness in your life. Separation. Opposition can cause it. When, when people are against you, especially if the people that are against you are the ones that are at home, that can cause loneliness. Or at work or in your social circle. Rejection, probably one of the worst ones ever. When people that you love turn against you or reject you, I have a buddy of mine that I grew up with um, is really doing bad right now. Um, he's lost a limb um, and threats of losing another. Um, just, just in severe uh, health is just a wreck right now. Um, he just does, he's beside himself. And he spent the earlier part of his life looking after his mother who, who was sick. And, and she ended up passing. And then his father um, who was already sick, he started taking care of him as he started going downhill, and he started taking care of him and watching over him. And as a result, uh, my buddy never got out of the house. He was never to the point where he could establish himself and get something and get out of the house. 
So he had taken care of everything and everything, but his sister, who was older than him, had moved on, had already, but she didn't come back, and she didn't, like, help, help you know, take care. And so as a result, mom and dad passed the house on to him because he had nowhere else to go. And so she has rejected him and resented him ever since because he got the house. And as a result, now he's living his life in this torment in the hospital for months and months and months and months now. And his sister hasn't called him. His sister has just completely rejected him. There's no, no worse loneliness than that right there when your only living blood doesn't even want to talk to you. So I want to share a thought with you today. And that let you get on with your holiday weekend. I'm reading from Mark chapter 1, verse 35 through verse 42. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone's looking for you, Jesus. And Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. And I've got in highlights, not on your screen, but here on my notes. That is why I have come. Moving on to verse 39. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Verse 40. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. In verse 41, Jesus was indignant he reached out his hand, and I've got in, 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 in bold again, and touched the man. Once again in bold, I says, and, and says, I am willing. He said, be clean. Verse 42, one more time in bold, I've got immediately. Everybody say immediately. immediately. The leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. How many believe God can move on you just like that? Raise your hand if, you're, if you believe that God can, can answer like that. After reading this, I thought the very, it was a very interesting uh, thought that came to my mind. Jesus did whatever it took to stay on point, uh, to sort of like keep the main thing the main thing. And even Jesus had to find places to, to be alone, to, to keep from being distracted from his purpose. He had to, he had to turn off Netflix. Uh, he, had to, he had to turn off his smartphone, Pastor Devin. He had to, he had to shut down the, the screen time. And I wasn't talking to him because he's got his phone in his hand at all. Um, I was talking to him because he just preached about this not too long ago. He was talking about this. Um, he, had to stay, he had to say no to even to good things um, in order to do what he came to do. Did you hear me? In order to do what he came to do. But I'm not here to talk to you about prioritizing your life. Everybody's setting their phones down right now. I'm not here to, to talk to you about prioritizing your lives for the purposes that God created you for because our pastors, Devin and Dustin, have already done an outstanding job in our series called Mission. Amen? Amen. Um, so what I want to focus on today is Mark chapter 1, verse 40. It says, a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Just a couple verses before this, Jesus says, let's go do what I came to do. And then all of a sudden in Mark, 40, uh, Mark 140, a man with leprosy came to Jesus. You see that? How that happened? I don't think that this was a meeting that was an accident. I think this is what Jesus had come to do that day. Um, uh, but I can only imagine how lonely this man had been 
completely covered with these nasty, contagious sores all over his body, having to be quarantined and kept outside the city from away from all of the people, even the people that he loved. What a lonely existence that had to be. By the way, there's social distancing for you right there. Uh, we think that that's a new thing. It's not new to God. It was in the Bible right here in Mark. It was also in some other places in Scripture. But really, it's just new, new to us. I might also add right here and now that the thing that you're dealing with today is nothing new to God either. I think some of you think that you're so bad, like you figured out a method of sinning that, that's new to God. You're dealing with some, something, some struggle, some sin that, was, that has just thrown God for a loop. You're so imaginative that you're sinning in a way God's never seen before. And I'm here to tell you, why in the world do you think Jesus came? You're trying to hide this stuff that's going on as if God doesn't know. But listen to me, he came and he suffered and he died for the stuff you're trying to hide. Back to the story. So this leper who's supposed to be in quarantine approaches Jesus, and by law, by the way, he could have stoned this man like immediately, right then and there. Because he's not supposed to be approaching anybody. He had, he had leprosy. So this guy's risking his life just coming to Jesus. And the Bible gives us no, like no details about this guy at all. All we know is he's a leper. So the only thing that we know is he's got this contagious condition. We don't know if he's in the middle of his career, this thing happened to him. If his, if his wife's pregnant, depending on when, this, when, it, when he got this, he, he would have had to, to leave his wife. He would have had to leave his family. He would have had to leave his kids. He would have had to, to leave his friends. He would have had to leave everyone to stay quarantined. Now, that's a lonely place, guys. Man, we hated just 14 days of being quarantined. Could you imagine being quarantined for life? Having to miss his kid's first hit in baseball. Having to miss his daughter's first gymnastics competition. Missing the feeling of holding his wife in his arms. No life group trivia nights to go to where we can shovel down Chick-fil-A all night. No men's retreat to hang out with the guys. What a lonely situation. We don't, we don't know what this guy's hopes and what this guy's dreams were. We just know this man by his issue. We know him by his issue. I want to tell you something. I would hate to only be known from other people by my issues. When all the good things that you've done or are doing are overshadowed by the mistakes or the issues that you had. Some people will define you by your issues. <clears throat> you know why they do that? They're trying to deflect away from all the issues that they got because they got a laundry list of them too. They're trying, to, they're trying to hide their issues. They're trying to hide their spots is what they're trying to do. I have a good pastor and minister friends that because they made a mistake after all the incredible things that they've done in their life 
trying to fulfill God's purposes in their life, all the people that they've cared for, all of the, the, the people that they've cried with, all the people that they've stayed awake and stayed up at the wee hours of the morning to try to help them and, and, and encourage them, all, all the people that they've introduced to Jesus, all the people whose lives and their families' lives were on a road to destruction, but now all of a sudden they're saved. You know what? And, and the pastor makes a mistake, and now he's let go. He's got to be quarantined, so to speak, uh, alone to fend for himself. And now only known by his issues. Not all of the ways that he's helped people. It's a horrible thing just to be known by your issues. It's like your issue enters the room before you do. Even worse is when the issue, listen to me, haunts your own mind. So much it overwhelms all of the awesome things that you know have been done. And now even in your own mind, the issue is how you know yourself. That's what it was like. That's the lonely life of this leper. If the, if the leper did wander out, which he did on this day, they had to announce themselves to everybody. Hey, I've got leprosy. But that's not how they did it. Here's what they had to do by law before coming anywhere close to anybody else. They had to holler out, unclean. I'm unclean. They didn't get to say, hey, my name's Steve. I'm a pretty cool dude. You know, kind of, I am really. People were laughing there. It sent me into a lonely place like real fast. <clears throat> but you don't get an opportunity to share with them some of the good attributes, some of the good things that you've done. No, 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 no. As an outcast, as a lonely leper, your introduction was screaming out, unclean, I'm unclean. Wouldn't it be terrible if people never got to know the real you, only your issues. But here comes this leper, and he's desperate enough, lonely enough, who at this point doesn't care what anybody else thinks, and presses past his issue and says, I want to be, listen to me, I want to be touched again. I, I, I want to be touched again. I, I want to feel again. I want to be known again. I don't, I don't want to have to scream unclean anytime I'm ever going to get around somebody. Unclean, I'm, I'm unclean. Watch out, I'm unclean. Can you imagine if you had to announce everything that you struggled with before you had to go into someplace? What, what if all of the temptations that you gave into just this week had to be known before you could come walking into the church buildings? Amen. I love having the words to our worship songs show up on our screens. I told you, I, I got to have them to follow the lyric. I, I, I love having that. But can you imagine if all of your thoughts came across the big screen like those lyrics do? I'm going to tell you something. If they did, whatever respect you had for me,
Then I wonder about this guy's shame. He must have felt what he must have felt. I wonder what the leper was thinking when he saw his first sore show up, maybe on his his arm, but didn't really know what it was yet. You know how it is, you know, we, we get get a picture taken of our lung or our colon or something, they find a spot, and we don't know what it is yet. And so right away, I guarantee you, he went from short sleeves to long sleeves. Don't want anybody else to know, kind of like we do with our issues. When something first happens in our life and we tend to cover it up or try to cover it up, and you can cover it up for a little while, can't you? But eventually, like this leper, it spread all over spots, all over, all over his arms, all over his face, everywhere now. And now he can't cover it up. I think this could be how shame works in our life. But for us, it's not something on our skin. It's not something on our skin that keeps us from hanging around other people that keeps us from, from uh, keeps us confined. It's not uh, something that's on our skin that keeps us lonely, that keeps us from going to family functions, that keeps us from um, being, um, going to church even, that keeps us from joining a life group. It's something in our soul. Our soul, your soul, needs a friend. Your soul needs a friend. When I started thinking about this leper coming to Jesus, I started seeing and getting a picture of myself. My spots, my spots aren't on my skin. You can't see my spots. Actually, it'd probably be better if you could see my spots because then I'd probably try to take care of them a lot faster because we tend to take care of the things that people can see, right? But as long as you can't see it, we try to cover it up. But what do you do when your spots are not on the outside? They're on your soul. Here's what the leper did. He broke through his shame. He broke through his excuses. He broke through tradition. He broke through the law and came all the way to Jesus and fell down at Jesus' feet and said, if you are willing, if you are willing, you can heal me. I promise you something today. I promise you something. If you reach out to Jesus today, if you're tired of being lonely, Jesus won't see that as an interruption today. Sometimes we're so involved in our program. We're so involved. Did we sing that right? Did we transition from this to this right? And we miss the very thing that Jesus came to do. He's here for you today. Last week during service, Deb Garner, who had been hospitalized several times in the past few weeks, asked me to pray for her right in the middle of service. While we were supposed to be giving those around us a high five, 
just, just before the message. You know how we do. And I said, Deb, don't you know it's, it's not time for that right now. We're greeting people right now. Everybody smiled at me. No, I didn't do that. It's not what I did. I promise. But if we're not careful, we can miss the very thing that Jesus came to do. Deb shared on Facebook, if anybody saw it last week, what happened and that God had healed her body. Yeah, that's okay. Let's give, it some, let's give him some praise for that. Listen, she was probably, and I would be probably questioning for a second, should I stop the pastor? I mean, should I, should I ask him for prayer like right, right now, like right in the middle of this thing? That took faith and guts to act on that, to ask for prayer. But here's what happened. Jesus said to Deb, just like he said to the man with leprosy that day, I am willing. I am willing. Be clean. Be clean. Be clean. Be clean. I claim that over every shameful heart in this building. Be clean. Be clean. Be washed. Be washed. Be healed. Listen to me. Someone here is facing this loneliness. And like we all do, you're trying to play it off and you're trying to cover it up. That's a lonely feeling right there. Oh, pastor, not me. I'm surrounded by friends. I'm surrounded by my family and all that. It, it can't be me. But like that leper, I think, you know what? We've all got spots. I think we've all got insecurities. I think we've all got doubts. We just don't wear them on the outside. So people who, who love us can't see what we're fighting on on the inside. And God gave me this message for you today. If you're here today and your soul needs a friend, I want you to listen to me like right. I mean, just, just put all attention on me right now. Close your eyes. I want you to listen to me. If your soul, if you feel like that, your soul needs a friend, listen. Listen to what Jesus is saying to you today. I am willing. Jesus isn't just a high priest. He's not from this earth. I mean, he's God. He's, he made the earth. So when he touches this man, the unclean becomes clean. And immediately, immediately, the leprosy falls off. And Jesus wants you to know that he is willing today. He's willing to do the same thing for you. He, he can do the same thing. He, and immediately you are healed. Immediately shame is gone from your life. Immediately the stronghold that's on your mind right now is gone. I want to read to you while your eyes are closed some of the lyrics to this song to see the subtle difference in the course at the beginning to the course at the end. I'm going to read starting in verse 1. I've carried a burden for too long on my own. I wasn't created to bear it alone. I hear your invitation to let it all go. Yeah, I see it now. I'm laying it down, and I know that I need you. And it goes on in the first courses. I run to the Father. I fall into grace. 
I'm done with the hiding, no reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon. My soul needs a friend. So I'll run to the Father again and again and again. Verse 2, you saw my condition had a plan from the start. Your son for redemption, the price for my heart. And I don't have a context for that kind of love. I don't understand. I can't comprehend. All I know is I need you. And the bridge goes on to say, my heart has been in your sights long before my first breath. Running into your arms is running to life from death. And I feel this rush deep in my chest. Your mercy is calling out just as I am. You pull me in and I know I need you now. And now the final course. Listen for the subtle difference. I run to the Father. I fall into grace. I'm done with the hiding. No reason to wait. My heart found a surgeon. My soul found a friend. So I'll run to the Father again and again and again. If you're here today and your soul needs a friend, you can find him right here. Jesus is saying to you right now, I'm willing. I'm willing. Be clean. Be clean. Let's all stand right now. Everybody's heads bowed. Everybody's eyes closed. I just want to pray for you. Is it okay if I pray for you? Jesus isn't here to touch the well today. He's here for the ones that feel messed up, that feel jacked up, that feel desperate. And that's why he came today. That's why he came. Father, for those who haven't felt your touch in a long, long time, for those lonely and shame is spreading all over. For those who just want to be touched, just, just want to be touched. It's been so long. Touch them, Lord. Let them feel you. Let them, let them feel noticed. Let them be known again. Let them feel needed. Let them feel loved. Their soul, Lord, needs a friend. Touch them like you touched that leper. Touch them like you touched them. We know that you're not intimidated by their spots. Whatever it is, that's got them on pause in life and holding them back, whatever that void is in their life. Let them feel your love and their touch today. Fill their lonely soul. Overwhelm their soul today. Let them feel a rush like they've never felt before of your love. Let their soul